This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. We are so lucky today that we have the founder and the CMO from a new startup, Anima Iris, mm-hmm. and the founder of the company who's with us today is Will Glory Tanjung. She's the founder and CEO, mm-hmm. and Asley Nelson is the CMO, mm-hmm. and she's here with us today too. So hello, Will Glory and Asley. Thank you so much for joining us. So now we've introduced the name of your startup, but Will Glory, can you tell us what it is exactly, what the yeah. name comes from, and what what's your business? Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for having Aslina and I on the show. We are really excited to be here today. Um, Anima Iris is a high-fashion, luxury-ready-to-wear brand. It's situated in Dakar, Senegal. We work with really talented artisans there to handcraft handbags. Um, and I came up with the name from my friends and family. So the name Anima is um, the name of my childhood best friend and Iris is the name of my mom. I mean, I know this is like February is Black History Month, but this is this is very, very powerful for you, Will Glory. Talk, continue talking about the evolution of, of your brand. Yeah, so our brand was founded one year ago today. That's when we officially launched. Um, cannot believe it's already been one year. I was honestly really nervous about. Um, so, I, so we launched the, the the brand, and then a few days, a few weeks later, that's when the pandemic, you know, evolved um, and came into being. And I was really concerned about how am I going to build a brand during you know, an an economic downturn. Mm -hmm. Um, How am I going to get people to buy luxury handbags when maybe that's the last thing on their mind? Um, But I think that, you know, in what we're really working to do that makes us so unique is that we're creating a community, Mm. um, specifically a community of Black women and women of color who Mm -hmm. aren't really represented in the luxury landscape and who for the first time can really see themselves in a brand. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you focus on building community, you focus on building something that people can really relate to, um, you know, the sales and the success um, of the brand will will just come. I love this because in some sense, is you know what's what's going on here is a, a kind of detailed understanding of the moment, but also a very purposeful analysis of trying to create a story that a large number of consumers will connect with in terms of this empowerment argument. Uh, that, you know, people of color and black-owned businesses to continue talking about that will glory the idea of. Why that was the why that was so important as the centerpiece, or at least part of the centerpiece uh, of the brand that you guys are developing? Yeah, I think you know. So with Anima, well, growing up, um, I was always into fashion. I loved looking good, but I never saw you know within the magazines, within Mm. the advertisements, um, you know, women who looked like me, right? Um, And I think that when America came to this reckoning with itself Mm. in regards to Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. you know, people started thinking, well, how can I be more supportive of the Black community? How can I be more intentional about where I am putting my money. Um, And I think that's how people, you know, came to Nima Iris and, you know, wanted to be like, and well, 
I think that when people then learned about Anima Iris, they found a place where they felt like there was community. They found a place where they felt like, you know, this was a brand that cares about my life. And I'll never have to question that. Um, mm. And it's a brand with high quality, luxury and beautiful products. It's like the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. And that's just really unique about us. And I think that, you know, um, competitor brands within the same landscape, they they don't have that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how you discovered your own design voice, because I think Mm. that is what's going to your story is important, but your product is also beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, those are really kind words. Um, with you know, with, with creating, I think as a creator, I've always been a creative. I think you just have to trust yourself. And I just will draw. And I think that naturally, I was uh, really attracted to shapes. I was really attracted to the geometry um, behind a product. And that's you know something that I kept seeing myself throughout my designs. Right? You see a lot of triangles. Um, you see circles, you see hexagons. Um, so, you know, and we have trapezoids. So in within each bag, there are quite literally a lot of shapes that really um, makes the bags makes the bags really unique and they stand out and it's just totally different than what other luxury handbag companies have to offer. And I think that, you know, immediately that does capture people's eye and they want to learn more about the company. Let me ask you this question, this question for both of you. And we'll start with Asleen. So I, mean, I love this idea of the entrepreneurial mindset. You just have to do it, right? You just have to build the plane as you're flying it, as they say. Uh, talk a little bit about this idea of how you think you're going to grow. Because I, there's a big piece of this where Will Glory and your ethos is very front and center in the brand. But as you grow, how do you think about acquiring customers? Let me give you, let me give you a touchy situation. Let's imagine that let me ask this question so if if the bags become kind of strongly associated with let's say customers of color and then customers who are not of color decide you know i want to kind of get a piece of this and start entering into the market for whatever reasons how do you how do you how do you think about that as kind of an issue of growth. I want to jump in really quickly on the question of, essentially, I think what you're trying to get at is that, you know, our, um, our, the core of our community is Black women. And um, on Instagram, we've, you know, only really ever posted images of Black women. And, and, I think that when I first started the brand, I knew that I wanted to center women like myself because it was, you know, myself that I did not see in this luxury industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nervous about that. I was worried, you know, well, in terms of growth, are we going to be able to, you know, reach non um, you know, black women customers. Mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. actually, um, I think people would be surprised to know that we have a lot of irises within our community who are non black and they love it and they talk to me all the time Mm -hmm. and they engage with me a lot and they've purchased the product you know not once but also twice Mm -hmm. and i think ultimately what we've come to realize is that you know there are different aspects of this brand that people see themselves in there are black women who may see themselves you know in terms of their race in this brand but then there are other women who may see themselves in terms of you know wanting to be an empowered woman wanting to be a leader Mm -hmm. you know all the different aspects because women are you know so complex right Mm -hmm. um so people see themselves in different aspects of the brand and i think what i've also come to realize is that luxury houses have only ever they i mean they 
I, what I've come to realize is that, you know, growing up, people always felt like whiteness sells and only whiteness can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just completely have to disagree. I think that, you know, we have to normalize um, placing people of color at the forefront of campaigns, people of color in luxury, black people in luxury. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and white people will see themselves, um, you know, in different aspects of your brand as well, just as I still purchase, you know, other luxury items, but may have never seen um, that product on a person that looks like me. Mm-hmm. So it's really flipping the narrative, but also challenging it at the same time. Uh, what have you learned, Asleen and Will Glory, um, in terms of key things that, you know, you didn't see before you started this journey? Big aha moments, big insights that you would want to share with other budding entrepreneurs that might help them be a little bit more successful in their journeys. Yeah, for me, I think um, almost like my advice to budding entrepreneurs now is just start. Just start because there is no amount of planning um, that, you know, will prepare you for the journey that you want to embark on and that you should embark on. Um, just like, you know, that partnership that as Lena is talking about happening mm-hmm. in, in Q3 and 4, that's not the kind of thing that when I started thinking about what a Nimaris could look like in a year <laughs> that I even thought about. Right. Um, I didn't expect that, you know, within a year, we were going to have our own operational facility and be expanding so quickly and, you know, be working with major um, brands such as West Elm. Those are just the kind of things that you just don't, you can't um, sketch out in detail. And you, but you just have to start um, building and you have to trust yourself and you have, and along the way, you have to be open Mm-hmm. and willing, um, especially when you're scared. I think especially when you're scared and you're not sure if it's going to work out. Um, I, I constantly bet on myself mm-hmm. and um, I, I feel like I am, you know, just like I'd, I'd much rather take that risk now and just, you know, go for it mm-hmm. um, than to have any regret later. So definitely start and just just go for it. Excellent. Let me ask you, though, about in starting, mm-hmm. what did you do for funding? Was it friends and family? Uh, did you try to uh, do you have investment? Are you making money? How, how's all the because it's one thing to say that and it's another thing to do it. And it definitely <laughs> needs resources. Yeah. So how did you get the funding resources? No, that is that is a very good question <laughs> um, that to this day um, remains a question. Question. Um, I don't come from a wealthy family. Um, I don't have, you know, a family that could just, you know, give me a small loan of a million dollars, you know, and, and, and although that would be very helpful, I don't have access to that. So I needed to access, um, to leverage what I did have access to. I started a NEMA Iris with $5,000 um, and created those products. And I think um, in terms of making money stretch is about hacking, right? I used to take a lot of the products that actually, you know, the images you see in Vogue and Elle and Cosmopolitan that we've been featured in, those images were taken with my phone, right? Because like I couldn't afford to have a professional do it. Um, so I really made the money stretch. And you, and as an entrepreneur, you have to just figure out how am I going to get the same high quality result um, without you know having that budget. And so even as we move forward into this expansion phase, uh, we're not yet ready to raise um, to sell equity and to raise capital, but I am trying to raise debt 
um, and trying to acquire capital um, in that manner to continue helping us expand. But I do believe by uh, Q3, Q4, we'll be turning towards investors um, because I think uh, this business is going to reach a point in time in which, you know, if you want to continue building this, you quite simply need a much larger influx of money. Well, on that note, good luck with that. Luck. Um, yes. You're on the right path. And, you know, as America said, we like to start at very, very beginning. And we like to talk to very big brands that have been around for 50 years like M&M's. So you're an example of the brands that are starting at the very beginning and telling us about the adventure. And we're so happy that you're on our show today to share some of those thoughts and that that uh, uh, philosophy of just do it. Just go ahead and do it. And if you don't have it, you don't have it, but maybe good things will happen. And it sounds like good things will happen to you. So uh, America's has been saying all along where people can go to listen or to go and see about Anima Iris. Are there other places besides the website you want them to go to see your product? Yeah, so head to animairis.com to see and purchase our products. Um, but also, I think our Instagram is really where we build community um, at animairis. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter as well at anima underscore iris. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.